0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Film Fan Club Show. I'm Sam Carrico, and we've got a big show for you guys today. Later on, we're going to have a preview of the Tonkawa Film Festival. Before that, we're going to talk to filmmakers John Swab and Jeremy Rosen about their new movie One Day as a Lion. But first, trailers, man. This week had more trailers than my hometown, and I'm from Oklahoma. It started with the new Marvel Disney Plus series Secret Invasion. It's about Nick Fury who finds out that people in the MCU are being replaced with imposters. Huh, Maybe the people working behind the scenes are imposters. That would explain phase four. But DC is still releasing movies too, apparently. Last week, they dropped the first trailer for Blue Beetle, which is about a teenager who learns to be a hero. Wow, what a concept. What could go wrong there? Okay, it's not exactly like Shazam. This movie also has George Lopez. Wait, really? Between this and Quantumania, what is it with the Sharkboy and Lava Girl references? Let's move on to something more original, like Joker 2. The sequel has officially wrapped production, and director Todd Phillips gave us our first official look at Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn, in addition to some leaked set images. My big takeaway is how they keep updating Harley Quinn to reflect modern times. In 2016, Margot Robbie portrayed her as an e-girl, and here, Lady Gaga is clearly going for more of the fentanyl addict look. Regardless, though, both versions make me have the same reaction. I can fix her. I saw the new Super Mario Bros. movie over the weekend. Like Shazam, I went in fully expecting to hate it and… it was actually pretty good, guys. You could tell the filmmakers had a lot of care for the original video games. This movie had more easter eggs in it than any basket I saw over the weekend. Essentially, this is a movie about a guy who learns to enjoy mushrooms, like me in high school. I kid, but I'm impressed by how they were able to simplify the game mythos into a movie that's pretty straightforward. But as much as I applaud the crew, the cast never quite got there for me. Chris Pratt as Mario, and I hate to say it, Charlie Day as Luigi are two of the biggest miscasts in recent memory. There are some bright spots, though. I like Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach, and Jack Black as Bowser as a standout. But that's where we're at, where I'm saying, at least they got Jack Black. Luckily, the narrative, the animation, and the set pieces are able to elevate this movie above its lackluster cast. It's like a case of uh, the right message, but with the wrong messenger. Like when Donald Trump says defund the FBI, or Ezra Miller says trans rights. Okay, we've got a great show for you lined up. I hope you'll stick around for our preview of the Tonkawa Film Festival, but let's get right to my interview with One Day as a Lion Filmmakers, director John Suave and producer Jeremy Rosen john jeremy welcome to the show i just want to start off by i usually start off by saying congratulations on the film but i feel like i should say congratulations on the films so i'll put it to either of you guys whoever want to take it first uh you've had three films candyland little dixie and then now one day as a lion come out before even may so what it's been a roller coaster of a year it seems like how has
1: it felt for you you know great great question sam it's um It certainly wasn't intended to be a one-two-three punch in 2023. Uh, We actually shot Candyland back in 2021 um, and spent a lot of time letting it breathe by way of international film festivals. Um, So we thought that would come out in 22. Uh, It turned out to be top of the year in January, uh, followed by, of course, our beloved Little Dixie that Paramount released in February, and now uh, One Day is a Lion. It's been, um, we're punching way above our weight class. It seems more, far more prolific than is actually the case, but thank you. John, how has this felt for you from and coming
0: from the you know the filmmaking side? A lot of people, a lot of filmmakers, you're lucky to get a movie once every two years, but uh, you, how has it felt for you? You got three that people can see that just this year. It's It's been, I guess, surreal in hindsight.
2: Um, you know, Jeremy and I, uh, we stay active, so there's not a lot of... Uh, time for reflection in the moment um so you know when people bring it up to us like you just did it's kind of uh gives me pause and thinks about it and i'm like wow you know it really is you know amazing um however you know i don't really impress myself in any way um it's it's more about just trying to get better and to keep growing what we're doing and uh and do it at a bigger scale and and to continue to execute at a higher level. So, um, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunities. Uh, it's not without hard work, you know, um, so it's nobody's, you know, uh, this hasn't been made easy for us. We, we've fought for every opportunity and, uh,
0: we're proud of every outcome. So and jumping off of that, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, I want to say you're a really good uh, crime thriller director, but I saw Candyland uh, earlier this year and it had a little bit more horror uh vibes so you kind of seem to be wanting to to grow with each project can you kind of talk about that a little bit and and what made you what's the kind of creative process whenever you are making these movies are you looking to challenge yourself
2: uh yeah absolutely looking to challenge uh myself and ourselves every time um you know in candyland was very much a uh you know jeremy and i uh, the through line for us is is resentment you know and uh things being born out of resentment and uh You know, Candyland was very much a response to what we saw the current indie marketplace asking for and and glorifying, which was mostly uh, whitewashed, uh, very easy uh, softball type movies. And so we wanted to ram something down their throat that was, uh, you know, hard hitting and unapologetic and, uh, you know, unabashedly us and uh and candyland is that and um i had never made a horror movie um it's it's a really fun and liberating genre um it's a forgiving genre and it lends itself to uh to to a very indie budget so you know that movie was conceived by design um to be what it was and we're super proud with how it's gotten out there and uh and the way it's been received so yes and then you know moving into one day as a lion it had a lot more comedic elements to it than than any of our films it had in the past. So, you know, trying to evolve and and tackle different genres is something uh, I and, and Jeremy and I are both interested in doing. So
1: Jeremy, how did this uh how did this collaboration get started? You know, uh it's it's yet another lesson in uh in in happenstance and on how small uh the world really is. Um so I'm currently here in Los Angeles, my my other home. Um and uh i was one day seated back in 2016 for reference i was seated outside of my uh my daily coffee shop um very uh routine oriented um so i sit outside with an espresso my little dog reading my email and um unbeknownst to me uh two tables away sat john swab um and if it if it it were not for his who i learned to be his father uh asking my dog's name um the rest would not be history. Um, John was in town in LA, that is, um, looking to sell what was his debut feature film, one um uh, Let Me Make You a Martyr, the one film he did prior to our partnership. Uh I had just put out a film called Doggy Dog, directed by the legendary Paul Schrader, starring Nicolas Cage and Willem Dafoe. And um we got to talking, uh, became fast buddies. Uh he and his then fiance were living in upstate New York um, before he returned to Tulsa. Um, and uh, I have a place in Vermont where I'm from. So uh, when I was back on the East Coast, we got together. I had read what was an early draft of our first film together, Run with the Hunted, and watched a screener of the aforementioned uh, Let Me Make You a Martyr. I was floored by both. And uh, tends to be my personality, all or nothing, uh, which can be a gift and a curse. Uh I said I'm in. I'm going to produce everything you do and I'm going to manage you and uh yeah, we're uh we're on our I think eighth film together. Sean, do you want to describe
0: your process of getting this collaboration going and how it's uh how it's evolved?
2: Uh I mean, you know, that's uh <laughs> there's the 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 dog right there. Rocky. There <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love that. Uh, <laughs> um yeah, I mean, you know, it, Jeremy laid it out Perfectly. I mean, that's kind of how it happened, and you know, the beauty of this whole thing is that uh, you know, I was at a time in my life and at a place in my life when I met Jeremy. That uh, I had, I didn't have a lot of friends. Uh, you know, I, I was dating my then wife at the time, and you know, I got to know Jeremy. You know, in the context of potentially working together on the on the film side, and you know, the irony of it all is, is, uh, you know, we started out as, I guess, business partners and, and now have ended up, you know, best friends, you know, and, and that's happened through, you know, just the, uh, the grind and torture that is independent filmmaking. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a testament to he and I both and, and the kind of guys and character we have that, uh, know as hard as some of these movies have been to make we we've never turned on each other because we identify that you know we're two sides of the same coin in this thing and uh and you know without each other none of this you know uh would exist you know we we we, you know it's uh it's a pretty beautiful thing you know and uh and i'm I'm super grateful and fortunate to to have found that in life because i know how rare it is but um but yeah it's it's been a really wild ride he and I have had uh and uh we we continue to grow and I think push each other to to get better and to refine this thing and and you know uh, it's it's
0: uh here we are so and then I wanted to touch on of course I wore my Okie shirt today for a reason uh, a lot of your films not all of them but I believe uh, one day as a lion is shot in Oklahoma like a lot of your films am I correct yeah, all except for Candyland, actually. So what what has kind of kept kept bringing you back to Oklahoma? I love that, being from northeastern Oklahoma. But what makes this a good place to shoot? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm from Tulsa.
2: I was born and raised here. Um, you know, the irony is I thought, you know, my whole childhood, I grew up wanting to leave here to go out and pursue a, a career in making movies. Um, the irony is, is that, as I mentioned, I've made all but one here now. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, it's not, I'm not just saying it when I, when I, when I say that, uh, without Tulsa and without Oklahoma, I don't know if I would have ever made one film. Um, you know, the people here and the resources and relationships I have here because I'm from here, um, have made, you know, some, if not all these movies possible on some level, you know, um, and, uh, you know, Jeremy and I, I, take a lot of pride in, uh, the work we do here and the jobs we've created, the, the, uh, economic impact these films have had and the relationships we have now. So, um, you know, we love being ambassadors for the state and, and I love, uh, you know, showcasing the state in these movies. Um, and I'll let Jeremy color in the rest. Yeah. Jeremy, I
0: always hear about how cool it is to, to see from Tolson's to to see the Tulsa skyline or or whatever it is Tulsa uh, Oklahoma landmarks on the big screen you know how how do you feel you know being able to to kind of bring that to people
1: well um i couldn't agree with you more uh and um as the uh as one of the founders of of our beloved circle cinema uh told me when i was uh, watching a movie there about a week or two ago um that uh that i'm an adopted Tulsa now uh and i've and honestly sam i I could have never imagined i mean if you would have told me 10 years ago that i would know anything about oklahoma let alone uh uh, considering it to be another home um i would have looked at you uh in a very strange manner but uh but now it really does feel like another home to me it's been so hospitable and film friendly um and trustworthy and john and i sure are grateful for it um and it's become very personal to me as well as though i am from there like john um because we do feel to echo his sentiment uh to be ambassadors um and to have helped pioneer the uh the state film program and and even more so in tulsa um and uh and have grown together uh through all sorts of growing pains and and uh ups and downs but uh but it, it it's a really a source of pride for us when we involve the local community um as cast members, as crew members, the locations very much being to your point, the skyline, et cetera, and some of the rural towns, uh, as depicted here in in One Day's a Lion, from uh Bristow and Vanita and Barnsdall and um and and Stigler, uh, it's it's uh Sand Springs, and of course Tulsa. Um it's amazing. There's there's no um better feeling. I mean, John and I have traveled the world uh with these films from Oklahoma to the world, to Switzerland and Italy and Netherlands and and these audiences around the world who have never set foot in Oklahoma are getting to see it through our films. And that's uh it's very special for us.
0: That's so exciting for me too. Just that that, that last sentiment right there too the idea that uh Tulsa in Oklahoma, the larger Oklahoma area, is being brought all over all over the world and showcased in a way that's not um your typical you know your, your typical Oklahoma stereotypes all the time so uh I want to talk a little bit bit more about One Day is a Lion I really hate to bury the lead here but I want to hear John how would you describe this film
2: yeah I mean it's a for me and what interested me when I read it was that it's a kind of a throwback 90s independent style movie um you know it, it, much in vain uh in the vein of like uh a Buffalo 66 or like an Elmore Leonard novel where all these characters are very colorful, three-dimensional. And, uh, you know, and they're the, the characters are the focus of the movie rather than the story. Um, and, uh, you know, it's an action comedy with, uh, a lot of heart.
1: So
0: Jeremy, I want to hear it in your own words.
1: One day's a lion. Yeah, it is. Um, it was such a unique experience, uh, for, for John and I both, uh, most notably because, it's the sole film John and I have done together that John did not write. Um, so that uh took on a whole dynamic of its own, uh, let alone the writer, Scott Kahn, being the 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 lead actor as well. So um, so it was quite the exercise for us uh to to evolve and grow and get a lot more perspective on on how in-house we normally are. Um but it's yeah, I mean, it's uh, cobbling together this ensemble cast. Sam was uh, was really a treat. Um, it was done uh, under a lot of pressure. I think we had very little time, um, both uh, last minute prep as well as very few shoot days. Um, but it was as with anything independent film, it was truly a perfect storm. It ended up being more of a comedy than we anticipated. Um, I think just based upon the the dynamic of the characters. Um, and it was really, um, serendipitous in that regard. Uh, very enjoyable. We're grateful to our partners at Lionsgate, um, who really enjoy it and are putting, uh, quite the theatrical commitment behind it, as well as our international partners at Universal, uh, with whom we did Ida Red, um, a few years back. So it's, uh, it it was amazing. Uh, Of course, that trademark Oklahoma summer, uh, took some of us down here and there, um, no matter how well hydrated or prepped you may be uh, you're still going to get faint. Uh, um, So, um, and that's part of the secret sauce. I think Uh, um, bringing in these incredible actors, uh, both local uh, and remote um, and, you know, getting them all Oklahoma'd up. uh, And it's, uh, and I think this, this kind of Neo Western action comedy is it's on the one hand, such an homage to, to so many of our favorite films but on the other hand i think truly original uh for all the reasons we mentioned and more
0: uh, that that was something that i hadn't originally planned to ask about but i find that really interesting john can you talk a little bit about that collaboration you know having written uh, most of your films to this point and then this being something you're directing a script by another person how did you find that collaboration
2: uh yeah it was it was a, a learning experience uh to you know uh, you know th- I think writing something or, or directing something that somebody else wrote is one thing, but directing something that somebody else wrote who's also the star of the movie is a whole other thing that, uh, you know, I think like out of a hundred rolls of dice that maybe happens once. Um, so it was a very unique experience in that regard. Um, and it, I learned a lot, you know, um, I learned a lot about working with um, a writer and, um, You know, and I, I, you know, in the event that I ever work with a writer who's also the lead actor again, I learned, you know, a lifetime worth of knowledge. Um, But uh, yeah, it was, it was the, the, the thing that was most fruitful for me was just learning how to approach material with, with zero personal connection, you know, and be
0: completely objective to it. And uh, I will certainly take that with me moving forward. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about this cast? I mean, I, I Frank Grillo is a big name. Captain America movies comes to mind. The Purge comes to mind. And he's been in several of your films to this point. But in this one, we got J.K. Simmons, JK Simmons excuse me, which that's Academy Award winner uh, right there. It's like, that's got to be on another level. Can you talk a little bit about that, John? Uh, yeah, I mean, J.K. was a friend of Scott's.
2: Um, and, you know, in one of our many, many, uh, uh, conversations between Jeremy and Scott and myself about casting and how how this movie was going to actually you know come together financially. Uh, I believe Jeremy mentioned J.K. in one of his casting lists, and Scott you know volunteered that he knew him and, and gave him a call, and uh, J.K. was gracious enough to uh, to come down and give us his time. So um, yeah, he's a uh, heavyweight um and a titan on screen yeah. so it's uh it's it's a treat to to get to watch somebody will like that work and be a part of it
0: Jeremy I'm gonna throw to you do you mind uh talking just about bringing this cast together and it's such a well-known cast uh, so I'd love to hear your perspective on that
1: yeah you know it's 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 amazing I mean John and I we're really in our own little world we have no idea how we or our films are perceived so to hear you say that is flattering um right I mean it's casting wise. uh we're we're always trying to uh to navigate right um actors who uh we admire the most um and you couple that with with the financial um what impetus or uh, or incentives or requirements um so um with respect to Frank who you mentioned that was that was a, a hollywood moment you know if ever there were one right it was um Scott and I had gotten acquainted throughout this process. Um, and uh, John and I, our last film we had done, Little Dixie, with, um, with Eric Dane. Um, so Scott and Eric go way back. So when I was gonna have dinner with Scott one night here in Los Angeles, I said, oh, well, it would be fun to invite Eric because um, you know he and Scott go way back. Eric and I become buddies on Little Dixie. We're so proud of him with what he's doing on Euphoria, on HBO. So, um, and then, uh, as is my way, right, I said, uh, you know what, um, I love Frank Grillo, and John and I have been working with him for years, so I'll invite Frank. Frank's always down for a good hang in Hollywood. So, um, Frank knew uh, Eric, because they have the same agent, uh, did not know Scott. Uh, so, it was uh, it was the four of us, you know, having dinner at this place, Craig's here in West Hollywood. And uh, long story short, it's already quite long, but maybe amusing. Uh, um by the end of the dinner, Frank had basically cast himself as Paulie Russo. Uh, and uh, and we said, all right, you know, we're going to do this thing in Oklahoma this summer, uh, what was then last summer. And uh, so that kind of took care of itself. John mentioned the uh, Scott connection with J.K. when he was on my casting list. Uh, Virginia Madsen, uh, Sideways is my favorite film. Um, so... I've been looking for an opportunity to work with her, uh, as I have with Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden Church from Sideways. Um, Marianne Rendone, who plays Lola. Uh, uh, Mary Heron and I cast her in, uh, in a film called Charlie Says that's on Netflix. I was very impressed with her. Um, and so, um, circle back with her for this role, which was very difficult to cast. I think Lola has very specific sensibilities that she knocked right out of the park. Um, and then, of course... Uh, George Carroll, uh, otherwise known as Swain, um, predated uh, my John Swab tenure. Uh, so Let Me Make You a Martyr John's debut film they did together. And we've cast him quite a bit since, I think most notably in Ida Red, where he played Bodie Collier, um, opposite Josh Hartnett, Frank Grillo, William Forsythe, et cetera. So, um, yeah, so George came in, was actually uh, a replacement. Uh, we initially cast Michael Pitt. Uh, for that role of Don Lorenzo, there's a little uh, piece of trivia. Um, and uh, Michael, we had worked with on Run with the Hunted, John's and in, in my first film together. Um, so for circumstances beyond our control, uh, we had to replace Michael. George Carroll came in at the 25th hour, uh, really uh, in heroic fashion. Um, and then of course, peppering the film with our with our hardcore ensemble, including our beloved Billy Blair, uh, who's a Texas guy actually, um, has been in almost every one of our films, uh, playing the, uh, the 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 low rent uh, Better Call Saul esque defense lawyer Kenny Walsh, who's worthy of his own spinoff. And then our our buddy, another Texan uh, Dash Melrose, who's been with us on almost every film as well. Um, so just having a great time with it. Um, you know, bringing in the heavy hitters and peppering in our our local Oklahoma and Texas ensemble folks who are our favorites
0: thank you guys so much for coming on the show today I can't wait to see one day as a lion in the theaters and I tried to check out Little Dixie at the library and there are 58 holds ahead of me so I, that's not a scientific poll or anything but 58 holds ahead of me before I can get my hands on Little Dixie so I think it's at least the people who oh, go to the Tulsa oh County Library, library are you
2: going uh, the Tulsa City <laughs> County
0: Library, uh, uh, it, it's it, you got fans. I gotta say.
1: So, well, I last- first and foremost, I'm floored that the library is such a prevalent means of uh, of accessing a movie, uh, and then and then that's awfully flattering. I mean, you know, people were so inclined they could they could also rent it on any of the platforms or the DVDs available. But hey much respect to the library and uh and as as wonderfully antiquated as that whole system is
0: (laughs) hey shout out to the tulsa city county library i love it uh but so congratulations on the film guys by the time this comes out it'll be now playing in in theaters and it'll be available on demand so last question and i just whoever wants to take this first john let's start with you what's next are you gonna ever take a break
2: probably not i mean (laughs) uh, yeah but uh uh, we are in prep right now on a movie we're we're going to shoot in June uh, called King Ivory, which is about the uh, fentanyl epidemic. It's a true story, uh, based in Oklahoma, um, and uh, we're pretty excited about it. So,
1: yeah, just to echo that sentiment. Um, we really pride ourselves on our uh, on our oklahoma Oklahoma law enforcement friends um, who afford us quite a bit of access and expertise. Um, and one day's a line was no exception with, um, our, um, our buddy Sheriff Walton in uh, and Rogers County, uh, introduced me to Sheriff Turner up in Haskell County. Uh, and so you, you'll see the, the Stigler County, uh, jail or prison where we shot for one day as a lion and the relevance to King Ivory of course, is, um, all the research we've done since with Sheriff Turner and, uh, and of course, big Mac, you know, the state pan at McAllister, um, based upon the, uh, the uh, the fentanyl that's trafficked from the gangs in Big Mac, uh, as well as all the gang members that John's researched throughout Oklahoma. So it's uh, it's very authentic, incredible, and we're grateful to uh, to the, all the aforementioned law enforcement as well as the state film office. Um, so yeah, we'll be shooting that in June and July.
0: That seems like an incredibly timely story, especially you know to be shot here in Oklahoma. So we're definitely going to watch that one with interest. Jeremy Rosen is the producer behind One Day as a Lion. John Swab directs the film. Guys, thank you so much for joining the show today. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you Sam. Thank you guys. Wow, that was a great discussion. Probably one of my favorites from this show so far, but let's get right to my next interview. The Tonkawa Film Festival is taking place this weekend, April 14th and 15th in Tonkawa, Oklahoma. James Oxford is the festival's director. James, welcome to the show. It's good to have you
3: thanks sir appreciate
0: you having me yeah it's, it's been a while i remember i uh I think I interviewed Brendan Gallagher last year, about a year ago, yeah, because it would have been last year's festival. Yep, it was last year's. Yep. It was last year. So uh I've been kind of involved with the Tonkawa Film Festival tangentially, kind of watching from afar. So it's been a while that I've been doing that, and it's nice to kind of bring it to fruition by having you on the show. So welcome. Uh I do want to know, uh, you know, for those who don't know about the Tonkawa Film Festival, I just wanted to start off broad, kind of how would you describe it to someone who's never heard of it?
3: So we are a short film festival. Um, located in a very small farm town in northern Oklahoma. Um, we we do not have a particular focus. We cover all genres. Um, we are international, so we have films from all, all over the world. Um, we show films that are 20 minutes or less. Um, and really what the festival is, is uh, we try to create a really unique experience for the filmmaker. It really is a filmmaker-focused uh, festivals. So we do have a lot of kind of fun, cool, unique events that I think helps us stand out a little bit from the thousands of <laughs> film festivals that are out there for filmmakers to choose from.
0: And what what can people expect? I know you mentioned there's a lot of events throughout the weekend. What kind of events can people expect when they come?
3: Right. So for so. For the filmmakers, we, we definitely have a lot of private events. We have a welcome barbecue on Thursday night for them and the volunteers and some of the sponsors. Um, we also have a welcome uh, lunch for the, the filmmakers. That's at TS Fork. It's kind of a farm to table uh, restaurant there in Tonkwa. Um, but on Saturday, that's where really the community gets to be involved outside of the actual screenings of the film. This is the other event. So we have a film festival themed parade. Um, we've had it since the very first year. It was a big part of what we decided from the very beginning to kind of help us stand out and make us unique. Um, so we have a, a parade through downtown. Um, we had a thousand dollars that actually donated this year from First National Bank of Oklahoma. So we're actually having costume contests and we're having movie themed car contests and floats and, and things like that. Um, all of our filmmakers will be in a horse-drawn wagon in the parade, so it's it's a very fun, small-town um, experience, I think. For the filmmakers that are coming from all over the country, we always have filmmakers from New York and L.A. and things come out, so it's really fun for them, but it's also a fun way for the community to kind of get to meet the filmmakers um, and just be a part of it.
0: Yeah, I love that a, a film festival on this scale in, in Oklahoma, northern Oklahoma, is is, is really kind of unique, I think. So I just love that. And it really seems like it's something that, well, like you said, people travel all over to to kind of congregate there and, and share their love of, of film. And I just love that on the, you know, the film fan club. So I wanted to know, how is the festival? This will be the fourth annual festival, well, right? Uh, how great. has it uh, evolved over the years?
3: I mean, I mean, it's, it's done. It's done very well i've been very happy with how it's progressed um we definitely where we started and where we are the 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 structure of it um has has remained the same but we've seen the submissions um definitely increase from year to year um which is a wonderful position to be in it's also a difficult position to be in um each year the decisions that we have to make get more and more difficult um so we've definitely noticed in the last couple of years, there's been lots of films that we just absolutely loved. We just can't fit into uh, the program. So lots of exciting things, a lot of great films, um, like I said, from across the country and from around the world. I think the last two years is when we've started including international films. Um, This year, we've officially added a category for music videos. We've always had music videos as part of it, but it hasn't been an official category. So that's an official category this year, which is exciting. Um, And then, yeah, so we just see where we go from here. We think we're on the right track, so we're just going to stay on that path and, and just try to grow it as much as we can.
0: I think you definitely sounds like you're on the right track. Adding international release or international features, uh, music videos, expanding categories. It sounds like it's just growing every uh, year. I wanted to know. You mentioned the submissions. I wanted to know. I'm sure quality obviously is a big uh, factor. But are there any other factors that you guys look at whenever you're uh, you're considering submissions for the festival?
3: We try to keep the submissions diverse. So one of the things we really look at is um, we. We'd love to have films in that we can tell that a very experienced filmmaker has made. And maybe this is their 10th short film or um, something that has maybe has some money behind it. But we also like to really look for those filmmakers who... The production quality may not be really high, but there's some raw talent that's being displayed in that film. So we try to cl- include those as well. And then, like I said, we definitely we have horror films and we have the dramas and the documentaries and things like that. Um, and w- we just want to mix it up as much as possible. One of the things that we do at the festival that I'm sure others do, but not all, is we all of our blocks are a mix of every genre. We don't have a horror block and a drama block um, because we find that sometimes audiences will be like, oh, well, I'm a horror film, I'm a fan. I'm going to go to the horror films and then they skip the rest. So we think it's kind of fun to say every block you come to, you're going to see one or two of every single one of the types of, of films that we're going to show. So I think that um, creates a fun experience for the audience. Um, but other than that, yeah, we're just looking for unique voices. We love We love things that are dealing with the climate of of the world, you know, the things that are going on in the world. We always get a lot of submissions about that. Um, It is one of those things where they say uh, art imitates life, and that is 100% true. We noticed that from year to year to year, that the films we're getting are whatever's going on. You know, the first couple of years, or especially the second, third year, it was a lot of pandemic films (laughs) about the pandemic experience. Now we're starting to see that Change. We're starting to see a lot of films around immigration, the war in Ukraine, um, things like that. We're starting to see a lot of so that it's interesting. It's 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 an interesting view into the world uh, through an artistic lens. So. I love that. I, I mean, award season is is here and, and
0: it's always nice. And then like you're talking about with what kind of films come through the festival every year, it's nice to see, or it's it's just interesting to see how art, like you said, imitates life and how what we're talking about in the film community is representative of kind of what's going on larger in the world. Uh, jumping off of that a little bit, I, I wonder, you know, the official uh, list of selections for this year's festival is out. Is there anything you can kind of give our audience as far as a little tease, a little preview
3: of what kind of films they can expect, uh, this year? Um, you know, it's hard to say just because the films are, we, we definitely have a lot of the coasts (laughs) represented. We have a lot of, uh, New York, uh, Georgia, Florida films. We have a lot of, uh, California, Oregon, um, are represented. But one thing I will say that I've been really happy about, especially this year, is that the number of film submissions that we received from this area, was significantly higher than we had seen in previous years, and so you're going to see a lot of Oklahoma films, you're going to see a lot of Texas films, Kansas films, so that's exciting, um, because that's, you know, obviously we want that to be part of the mix, but, you know, in the early couple of years, we just weren't really getting a lot of of uh, submissions from those areas, and, and because I myself, though I'm from Tonkwa, I live in New York, a lot of my... F- filmmaking friends are from the coasts and so that's where we were getting a lot of submissions because that's where I was able to kind of get the word out the most so I'm glad that the word is spreading everywhere (laughs) and so um so that will be something you'll see a lot of and just kind of to my earlier point you know there are some definitely some documentaries and dramas um dealing with uh immigration and 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 the issues that are going on around that um we definitely have things around um the war in in europe um and we had some of that represented last year as well and it's so interesting to see that represented as a horror film or as an animation or things like that so um so yeah just just a lot of films uh around those topics are very common and then um just a little bit of everything else to be honest
0: what i'm taking away from this interview or what i'm really getting excited about about this year's festival is is the diversity like you're talking about behind the camera people that you, you said they're maybe not as experienced yet but they have that raw talent also people who have been doing this for a while and they're getting a, a shot to show their their talent finally, or it, people from the coasts, you know, like if you're living in Oklahoma, I don't really get an, uh, an opportunity to see, I mean I can see the big movies at an AMC theater but I don't get a lot of time t- uh, to see those art house movies that you would that go through the festival circuit, so it seems like, t- and then also showcasing Oklahoma talent as well, you said that you're getting a lot more of that this year, I'm just, I, I'm really uh, taken by the, the diversity in all senses of the word uh, for this year Festival. That's what really seems like exciting to me. Uh, Is there anything else that you want to say that because, again, we're based here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tonkawa is in northern Oklahoma, the central part of northern Oklahoma. Is there anything else you'd like to say about the festival? Maybe one last pitch to kind of make our viewers want to make that drive out to Tonkawa?
3: Well, I I will say that we definitely condense it. So if you're making the trip, it's it's what will make your time worth it. So our first screenings take place on Friday evening. Um, we 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 uh, keep them in the evenings. Um, so we do three blocks on Friday evening. We do three blocks on Saturday evening with that big film festival uh, parade in between the two. Um, we have the Tonkwa Hotel um, and Casino in here, which is a great place to visit. So you know, people that are are making that trip, um, there's a lot to do. It, it it may be surprising to come to a small town like Tonqua, but you come to the town, enjoy some screenings. Enjoy the festival, or the the hotel and the casino. Come back for some more screenings. A really great award ceremony where uh, we give away actual uh, physical trophies. Um, we give away a cash prize to the best of the fest. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's it's a fun experience. I think it's definitely worth the trip.
0: James Oxford is the festival director for the Tonkawa Film Festival, April fourteenth and fifteenth, twenty twenty three. James, thank you so much for joining me today.
3: Thank you, sir. I appreciate it.
0: And of course, I'll put a link in the description of this video and in the show notes of the podcast version if you want to get tickets to the Tonkawa Film Festival. I'll also put a link to Tulsa's Circle Cinema in case you want to see One Day as a Lion there. I would highly recommend it. And of course, that's where you'll also find links for my social media sites. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at Samuel D. Carrico. I'm on Facebook and TikTok at the Film Fan Club, but I really recommend that you subscribe to the Film Fan Club here on YouTube. In two weeks, we're going to be coming back with another episode about all things Star Wars, Star Wars Celebration, and of course, Season 3 of The Mandalorian. That's in two weeks. I'll see you then, guys. Thanks.